Welcome to Food Stories. I'm Barb Sheldon, and today I am extra excited to be here with you. This is the last episode of the season, of season one, and more importantly, it's our holiday episode. We're about to get a very cozy, or as the Danish say, very huga. And I couldn't think of a better guest to be huga with than holistic wellness coach, nutrition expert, founder of Send Bars, Olympian, and chef, Ari Ann Jones. Welcome, Mary Ann. Thank you for being here. Hi, I'm so excited to talk to you today. So exciting. My first question, this is very important. Do you have your cozy beverage in hand? I do. I feel like, especially now it's colder outside. Like, I feel like I'm always having a cozy beverage in hand. Life is just better with a cozy beverage in hand. Right? One thing that connects Ariane and I is we're, we both take Hugo very seriously. And for those of you who don't know what that word means, it's the Danish uh, sort of life concept of not just being cozy, but being together with things that make you feel connected to each other. And sort of, um, what would you say, kind of like in hibernation mode, how would you put it? Oh, it's just like that feeling of coziness in your body. I mean, just a little bit slower, a little bit more intentional, a little bit more gentle. I literally, daylight savings just happened. And daylight savings happened. And my husband came up from downstairs with like an arm full of our candles. And he was like, candle season has arrived. Hugo oh season is here. And he started putting out all of the candles everywhere. And um, <laughs> all the cozy things have started to reappear in my in my house now. I love that you have a partner that is super on board with that. I do too. And uh, it's so appreciated. In fact, we were talking the other day and I said, I don't really have a hobby, you know, like as an entrepreneur, it seems like all of our hobbies turn into like business, business opportunities. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, yes, you do. Your hobby is cozy. And I was like, at first I was kind of defensive and I was like, well, no, that's just something that everybody does. And he goes, no, and he started oh, to laugh, right? I and love he, that. I'm going to yeah. steal that. My new hobby is cozy too. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also, like, speaking yeah, of cozy ahead. drinks, I have to say the other Huga thing in my life that has come about, which has been the best thing ever that my sister gifted me last Christmas is this tiny little cup warmer that I put next to my, it's like a, the tiniest, it's like a hot plate for your mug and you plug it in and it goes right next to my computer and it keeps my coffee or my superfood latte or my tea warm for as long as you're drinking it. And it is like a Huga essential. I feel like maybe I need the link to that and we'll put it in the show notes. It's probably a good idea. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Because I don't have that. And I was just actually thinking that mine has gotten cold and that is not Huga. So um, we have a photo and I'll, I'm going to put this up on socials of you and I standing in front of uh, the giant Huga sign <laughs> we had down here in Calgary. Remember that day we went down and we got Huga together in the middle of Calgary. That was great. Yes. Cozy beverages, fire, cozy yep. things. It was amazing. Outside. Yeah, totally. Okay. So, well, we're here to talk about your food story, but before we do that, I want to read two things. First of all, the very boring Wikipedia um, and excuse me if you or your people wrote it, but no. uh, page about you <laughs> because, because it's 
factual, but uh, I don't think it says a lot about you, but I'm going to read it anyway so we can compare and contrast. Okay. So it says, Arianne Jones is a Canadian loser who has competed since 2005. Jones has also qualified to compete for Canada at the 2014 Winter Olympics in Sochi, Russia, by winning a last chance race off with another teammate. She placed 13th overall in the 2014 Olympic Games with other outstanding achievements, including her first bronze medal in the 2014 Calgary Luge World Cup and a gold medal in the Team Re relay portion of the 2016 Winterberg Luge World Cup in Germany. Uh, that's the whole, that's your whole biography. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's fine. <laughs> but very if sport you, focused. Very sport focused. And I think, you know, if you look at your website, ariannejones.com, right on your homepage, actually on the about page, even better, um, it says the many hats I wear, health and wellness coach, certified in holistic nutrition, Send Bar's co-founder, Olympian chef, and then you have circled in yellow the word holistic nutrition, and it says my life's greatest work. And you and I met at the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. You were one of my students. Mm -hmm. And um, and I know that nutrition is important to you, but I, I was blown away when I saw that you circled that because I actually thought that was such a great foundation for what I think your food story might be. And it tells more about you in those few words than, than your Wikipedia page. So <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to sort of point that out. And if anybody wants to learn, you have such wonderful descriptions on your website of your whole journey. And um, I'm going to ask you to tell us your food story. Uh, do you want to quickly talk about your, like your, your journey itself and what you've gone through in the last few years? Or where would you like to start? What is your food story? Oh gosh. Okay. Food story. I mean, I think mine, my life has very much happened in these multiple chapters, right? I think there's the sport chapter of me and the Olympics, and then there's moving forward into the nutrition chapter and then, you know, moving to New York. But I think starting companies, there's very much these distinct chapters in my life, but what's interesting is food very much weaves throughout it. However, there's one pretty distinct moment for me that feels like it really kicked it off. Um, and that was actually when it was in, it was in 2015 and I, so I, I'd already competed at the Olympics and I was training in the summertime and I actually broke my back. And that was obviously very difficult of an experience mm -hmm. to go to, to go through. And through that, I had to do a 180 on my life, right? At that mm -hmm. point, I'm still training for the next World Cup seasons. And so I'm so broken. And I it was like, okay, to get better, I, I need to change everything and I need to optimize everything. And so that included breath work and learning to meditate for the first time and getting my mindset optimized and working with new physios and finding who my team was surrounding me and also food. I was like, okay, let's figure out my nutrition here, right? Like I'm I'm healing my body at a very deep level here. And before this point, like people think Olympians eat really well and that's not necessarily true for the majority of them. Like at least in my sport before this moment, it was very much just like eat more calories. Um, you know, my best friend and I would literally go to Dairy Queen and get Dairy Queen cakes, the full cake. And get them, you know how you write, have people write like happy birthday mom on it? Yeah. We would just train all week and we would have them write 
you're the coolest or something like that on top of it. And then we'd sit there and eat the whole ice cream cake. Okay. So I'm like, there was not a lot of nutrition knowledge happening before this. So even though that's like a food story that brings me a lot of joy, it's not nutrition based. That's for sure. (laughs) No, Um, and food can be joyful for many reasons, but it is interesting to compare that to where you, where you are now with what brings you now, right? (laughs) Definitely. So that food brought me a lot of joy for sure. But I, I broke my back. And so I started seeing a holistic nutritionist and she did a 180 on how I ate, right? And started focusing on anti-inflammatory and nutrient density and just really educating me on food. And I was scared about my injury. So I took everything very seriously and made all these changes to my life. And I couldn't believe how much better I was feeling. And over the next kind of nine months of my rehab, I felt like I had more energy than ever before. And my mood was more stable than ever before. I was getting the best ever results training than I had. And again, I'm injured. Like I should be way behind where I was before. Um, And I used to get sick all the time. Every time we traveled to a new race on an airplane, I was getting sick and that went away. I was just healthy all the time. I was just balanced. I truly couldn't believe the difference it was making. And nine months later after my injury, I went and I won my first gold medal. And I was like, I feel better than I have in a decade. This is unbelievable. And so for me, that was the beginning of food showcasing the power that it had behind health and healing and wellness for your mind and your spirit and your body. So that was a really important moment for me and ended up kind of putting me on that trajectory without me realizing it at the time, right? You can never connect the dots unless you look backwards. Um, When I retired from sport, I ended up retiring because I got really mysteriously sick and nobody knew it was wrong with me. And I just went, well, this whole nutrition thing was fascinating. I'll just go down that path, right? And so I just went to school for holistic nutrition because I went, this changed my life. I would like to learn more and nerd out about this because this is fascinating. And of course, that's where I got to meet Barb. And then I just felt the difference and was so passionate about food. And I went, I want more of this food knowledge. And so I ended up moving to New York and going to culinary school that really matched my food philosophy on whole food and nutrient density and, you know, just seasonal ingredients and got to have more hands-on knowledge with food, which again, just fueled more of that. Like food is amazing. And, you know, all of that has then become the through string of my life of food itself, bringing me so much joy and, you know, allowing me to start my company Send Bars, where I get to develop food products that taste really great and make you feel really good. And like, part of my Mm. job is I get to nerd out about cacao nibs. Like, that's so cool. Um, So that's a bit of a a string of kind of how I got here today when it relates to food. Yeah. Can we go back? You you kind of just said when you finished sport, you got sick. Mm -hmm. Mysteriously sick was the word that you used. And, you know, on your food trajectory, how did that, how did those two things match up? Yeah. So I got mysteriously sick and nobody knew what was wrong with me. And I ended up having to retire from sport and it actually ended up taking three years 
for me to find out what was wrong. And it turned out that I had chronic Lyme disease. Mm -hmm. And during this period of trying to figure that out, I, food and kind of wellness rituals became the base of that foundation for me on feeling my best. Um, eating really anti-inflammatory, all this knowledge from school that I had, I was able to implement it on myself and try these things that I was learning. And because of that, I started developing recipes because I went, well, wait a second, like brownies with my family on a birthday bring me a lot of joy. So even though I'm going to try and eat more gluten-free and dairy-free now, because it's making me feel better in my body on what I'm healing from over here, food still brings me joy and connection. I still want those things. So wait a second, what if I just recreate that recipe? So it's still delicious, but it also makes me feel good. And so that kind of sparked that passion of making these recipes because you and I both believe like food is so important for bringing people together and fostering connection around that table and having people talk about memories around that food. But for me, being able to create these recipes in a way that still made me feel really good in my body and made other people feel really good in their bodies. If I can share a little story about some of your food and your recipe, and this weirdly relates, maybe this is on purpose and you didn't even know, but relates back to your ice cream cake days. <laughs> it's, okay. You, you've, you've allowed me to use one of your best recipes, I think, um, in some of the cooking classes that I teach, and that's your cashew cream um, like frozen cheesecake, essentially, which essentially is an ice cream cake. I'd like to point out. <laughs> and so I right. love, yeah, and I love that recipe because first of all, it blows people away that they, um, you know, like if dairy is something that doesn't make them feel good, it's not for everybody. Um, that they there is an alternative if if you have the budget. Cashews are not cheap, but uh, they sure do make a great dairy alternative. And when we cook or when we work with them in the class, what's wonderful is the comments, not just that the cheesecake tastes delicious, but I've had uh, students say, well, now I don't feel left out when everyone else is eating, you know, DQ birthday cake. Now, now I have something too. And bringing it back to what you're saying about connection, that is something that when, you know, when, when we struggle with allergies and intolerances and things like that, we do feel disconnected from community often mm. around food. And yeah, so you're that recipe, particularly I make it anytime I can afford cashews, which, you know, isn't all the time, but it will be the first thing that I make for people. And everybody is so delighted. And you, you always feel better after you eat it too, because you don't get that heavy feeling, you know? Uh, mm. I think that's, really beautiful on that makes me smile so much just that you know I don't feel left out now because that is so true and Mm -hmm. if people are making choices for their health or intolerances or keeping foods out that's exactly what excites me is making these recipes and I like to make my recipes taste so delicious so that even the people that are like oh kind of you know have the stigma behind oh it's gluten-free or oh it's this or oh it's not going to taste great I just don't even tell people it's that. And people just go, wow, this is a great dish. I'm like, and it happens to be this, right? Yeah, um, and just allowing the taste to speak for itself. And I I actually had a moment this summer. Um, I was at a friend's wedding and this girl came up to me and she works in very heavy environments in war-torn areas of the world. 
And she came up to me and she said, okay, so I have to tell you, I love your feel good treats. And she said, I came back to Canada and your peanut butter cups. I wanted to make them. So I filled my suitcase with ingredients when I was in North America of like chocolate and peanut butter and these ingredients that were in it. And I flew back to where she was working and in these war-torn countries. And she's like, and then I made them and I gave them to all of my colleagues and they were so happy. And it allowed us to connect with one another over this little treat and this little moment of joy in the day. And obviously cue me like welling up with tears because it's just so beautiful what food can do. Yeah. That global impact. I, that's, you know, when we look at, uh, you know, my food idol, uh, chef Jose Andres and the work that he does with world central kitchen um, in, in areas where there's war or, or environmental disasters, they fly in there and they just feed as many people as they can. And yes, they're feeding and therefore nourishing. But again, it's that connection piece that I think makes it's like you said, it's comfort, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. And food does that. And that that comfort is something that you and I both, I think it's really important to us that again, cozy, huga, but comforting each other, comforting ourselves, com- comforting other people with food can be a positive experience. It's not always a negative experience to comfort with food. You know, like people talk about comfort food as like indulgence mm. sometimes, but I think it's also, it's an expression of love. Yeah. And I think reframing it, a lot of the, you know, I work one-on-one with a lot of very highly ambitious driven women. And a lot of times the messaging that our culture has been giving for so long is that exactly like you said, like comfort food and food that feels good and satisfies a craving should have guilt attached to it and shame. Whereas I love just reframing holistic wellness, right? Which is what you and I are both about. And Sometimes that means, you know, for me, it's very much 80, 20 on like 80% of the time trying to make the best choices that make you feel your best self. And 20% of the time, like go indulge guilt-free because sometimes that chocolate cake and that bottle of red wine with your three best friends is actually wellness for your soul. And that you should just be in that moment and feel really good about it because that is also part of wellness, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that connection piece. You had said before we um, started recording today, I asked you how you're feeling and you said you feel great now. Mm. Mm -hmm. Can you say more about that? You've had some other struggles recently. Yes. I mean, I struggled a lot with Lyme disease for years and took me years, frankly, to get to this point now where I'm feeling healthy again. Um, and it's been a lot of hard work and a lot of trial and error and a lot of people helping me and lifting me up and supporting me. Um, literally, literally, (laughs) yes. And, um, I also had to get spinal surgery, um, this last February, February of 2023 from the, I mean, ironically from the story I told at the beginning, when I broke my back, I didn't have to get surgery at that time, but I did end up having to get surgery for it this year. And that was, an unbelievably hard process to heal from. And I'm so grateful. I obviously have all this knowledge about health and wellness and the body because I was able to use that and implement that to make me feel my best self. And we're here, you know, almost a year later after that surgery. And while it's been one of the hardest things I've gone through and it's been a long journey, I am feeling great now. And for me, even just to 
be able to say that it's been so many years since I've been able to say, yeah, no, I just, I feel good. Um, it's just such a joy for me. I'm so proud of you. Mm, I'm proud of me too. Good. I'm glad. So I always ask uh, our guests what their favorite food or dish is. And I know what brings you joy, what food brings you the most joy. And I know for you, that's like asking who your favorite child is. <laughs> um, Truly. But, you, but when, what is bringing you joy maybe right now? Or, or do you have one dish that, that is your big comfort dish? What, what do you love? So, okay, I have, I reserve the right to have more than one answer. That's fine. <laughs> Acceptable. Acceptable. Okay. So I have, I feel like I have two answers right now. Um, yeah. One, when you think of a specific dish, the weather is getting cooler. The evenings are getting darker. We talked about how it's candle season in my household mm-hmm. is I have this one recipe that's like a white bean sausage kale soup. That's just simple. I just made that. Oh my gosh. I made it this week. Oh, it's incredible. <laughs> And like That's so and like, weird. And I have this giant navy blue, like cast iron soup pot that Ugh. I've made a hundred soup recipes in. And it just feels like this, like toss everything in the pot, but it makes your house smell so good. And you get some candles and you get that. And the broth just feels, it's one of those soups where you drink it and you're like, this is nourishing me. Like this feels nourishing to me right now. I'm like a crusty piece of sourdough. So like that brings me a lot of joy right now. And I love having people over and serving that just in big giant bowls around the table. Um, But then another thing actually that when you asked me this question that came to mind for me right away was anything on like a picnic setting, eaten eaten outside with good people and good conversations. Again, very hygge. Yes. Yes. Very hygge. Like anywhere outside, good people, good conversations, usually some kind of, I don't know if I came up with this word, but I call it a snack hootery board. It's like all of my favorite little snacky things. Yeah. Just Just all there, all the nibbles. And you can just sit with people and have a drink, whether that's, you know, after a cross-country ski and it's tea and snacks, or if it's in the summer and you're having a little glass of wine and all the snacks and just being outside and having food be in the center and just nibbling for hours and having really good conversation. I think soup and snacks is how I live, actually. <laughs> soup and snacks. Oh, and, and like hot beverages. But for real, like we were just saying the other day, um, a there's not many soup cookbooks uh like I was at Indigo the other day and there's just a small section and I was like that's because soup to me is so much more than uh, a food it is an expression of love and uh, I have a wonderful friend who's a tattoo artist and he's actually designed a, a like a soup tattoo for me mm-hmm. um, which is kind of like the one that says mom and it's in the heart but it's got like it says soup and then it's got like a like spoons crossing behind the heart you know oh my because, gosh I love it so much it's true and and um my partner actually said recently we were having that exact soup um in Vancouver the 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 kale and sausage soup and he kind of looked at everybody at the table and um he said thank you for making this and they said oh you're welcome and he said no no he said when you make something like this it is so much more than just here's your dinner soup connects everybody together and I was like oh just maybe just a soup podcast, you know, oh just my gosh. 
just, just keep we going. are here for soup we are the soup we're, just, club. we're down for it absolutely and the charcuterie or what snackcuterie i like that better <laughs> i had a cowboy at a ranch that i work at one time call it jargoogery which because <laughs> he just Funny. didn't know like well, i said i'm putting together a charcuterie board and he said what's jargoogery uh, like <laughs> so we we call it jargoogery and my house but I think the reason that works so well too is because you're not like it's slow, right? Same with mm-hmm. soup. It's slow and it does uh give a platform for conversation and um and connection. And even if you're eating it by yourself, you know, you're you you can't eat soup quickly. Truly. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah. It just like slows you down a little bit, makes you a little bit more mindful, a little bit more intentional. Um mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. we're op- officially the soup fan club. There's a there's a, a poetry quote from John Keats that says something about um, that there's nothing better in life than sitting outside with great French wine and food and uh, music music playing played outdoors by someone I do not know. That's that's how it goes. Mm. And so that is a great segue to your you know so you're having a picnic and you're with all your people. Um, let's talk about music. But, oh, okay. Yeah. What music would you play? What music do you play when you want to set that Huga sort of tone? Or what what music relates to your food memories? So I'd say like music that relates to my food memories. So I will say now, like if I'm now with my family and we're having a dish, music is my sister's job. She is my music guru. That is her passion and her life. And so she is always curating the music setting of the evening. And that is her role. I'm making soup. She's making playlists. Um, But when I think of food memories, there's a few things that come to mind actually in like very specific moments. Um, One of them is actually from my childhood and perfect timing since it's December and it's that time of year. And when I was a kid during the holiday season, my mom would play the Celine Dion Christmas album exclusively. (laughs) I'm talking exclusively. Like that's the only Christmas album that was playing in our house over the holidays. And it to me pairs with, I mean, it's so funny, like butter tarts, like those little tiny tarts that are just full of sugar and butter and nuts and dried fruit yeah Yeah, raisins and and all of that goodness it's like butter tarts and Celine Dion's Christmas album and (laughs) that might be the title of this episode you better be careful (laughs) (laughs) and honestly like when Christmas comes now my sister and I also now I'm like no other Christmas album matters it's true it's just Celine Dion like that's all that matters it's all the plays in my house it's just pure joy and pure memories so that's one um another one that comes to mind for me is the Gypsy Kings albums Ooh, yes when, when we were in when I was still competing we had world championships one year in Whistler in British Columbia and because it was a home track for us, instead of staying in a hotel room, which is what we would normally do around the world, we had like a little Airbnb kind of condo that we were staying in. And so because of that, we were on the road all the time and always eating in just restaurants and hotels, which gets very boring very quickly. And especially because it's not like it's great food and (laughs) it's not sparking connection at that point. Um, And we had this little home that we were in and it was, you know, picture Whistler and all these big flakes of snow falling and it's winter time and it's cozy. 
And I get to stay in this house with a few of my teammates. And so we got to make ourselves dinner every night and we world championships is stressful. And so there's so much stress as part of your day. And we would make dinner and we would just turn on gypsy Kings and make dinner. And it just kind of was this like sigh of just like becoming present and being that a little bit more relaxed in the kitchen. And that's another food song memory I have. That's so funny because in my 20s, I, I spent a lot of time in Whistler in cabins cooking with friends. <laughs> and I feel like the Gypsy Kings, like you put it on and you instantly know you're at a dinner party, you know? <laughs> it's just, yeah. Um, and- Gypsy Kings Hotel California, like particularly. <laughs> Right. Nobody's or, mad. Yes, yeah. Exactly. Nobody's mad when you put that no, on. Like nobody's no, upset. Nobody works. has strong opinions. It just works. Um, it just works. Yes. It just works. So that's the other. And then the third memory that came to mind for me when you talked about songs is for me, cooking in the summer is very much for me and for you as well. Just like what produce is fresh right now, pick it up and come home and just put it together, right? Like simple ingredients, simple techniques, great quality ingredients, fresh dinners in the summertime. And there's a band called Babe Rainbow. And it's like psychedelic mellow music is the best I can explain it. And I just put that on in the summer. And it just, again, I think I'm constantly trying to put things on that make me slow down because I'm running so fast in the world and it just slows me down and makes me remember that we can just slowly cut these vegetables and respect them and enjoy them in that moment instead of like rushing to get dinner on the table. I've never heard of them, but I wonder if they're a bit like fish, like P-H-I-S. I don't know. I again, I don't know music well. I know cacao nibs well. I don't know. (laughs) Yes, you do. Yes. Uh, okay, well, we're going to find them uh, as we build your Spotify playlist. Okay, great. Uh, is, is there anyone else or any other? Those songs? are the ones that kind of come to mind right now. Um, I, have a, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, you, we haven't talked about this yet, but um, you've spent some time in France, yeah? Yes, recently. Yes. And is there any music in France or any French music that you like? Oh, I mean, I wouldn't know how to name it, but that quote that you just mentioned a few minutes ago perfectly describes it because we were my husband and I stayed in this like teeny tiny little town on a hilltop that was like a medieval town and we just were having dinner outside and on the streets right as you do and there was a band playing and we're drinking really good French wine and eating creme brulee which is my favorite thing in the world which I never really eat but when you talk about 20% of indulging and just enjoying Mm -hmm. and there was kind of just this like French street music is what I would say right yeah with accordions and yeah and just perfectly goes with that quote I want that quote in my house now I have that uh, in a picture. I'll send it to you. Um, I would suggest then that we put the obvious choice, which would be Edith Piaf, La Vie en Rose, uh, on your playlist. Most definitely agree. Because that's how you feel in France. You do feel like like life is rosy, right? Yes. Oh, my life gosh. And you just slow down, right? You just. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Okay. Those are wonderful. Thank you for sharing those. Um, 
Now I'm wondering if you'll share a recipe that's important to you. And we've talked about a few already, but is there one that you, that we'll be posting up on social media? Is there one that you would like to share for the holiday season, particularly if you have one? Ooh, um, yes. (laughs) And you're going to laugh because (laughs) I. Is it ice cream cake? (laughs) No, but I need people to know that you asked me this question beforehand so I could think of something. And so I wrote something down and it's hilarious because it's soup. And I swear (laughs) I didn't plan that. (laughs) No, of course it is. That's the logical thing. (laughs) Okay. So it's actually a, like my take on a potato leek soup. And my daughter's favorite. Mm. And it's really special to me. Because my opa, my grandfather, just passed away at 90 years old. And he had the most amazing vegetable garden that he tended to and worked in up until he was 90 years old. Wonderful. And talking the most big, beautiful community garden plot that like he gave vegetables to everyone he knew because it was such an abundant vegetable garden. And the two things that he would always give me were potatoes and leeks. And so I would always make potato leek soup. And even though he just passed away, I have in my freezer and in my garage, the last potatoes and leeks that he gave me. And so I'm going to make soup of that. Oh, that is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Isn't it amazing how soup can connect us? Well, any, all recipes can, but if we're going to applaud soup some more, really, truly back to people and, and, and childhood memories. And oh, that's, that's amazing. He'll feel like he's right there when you make it. Yeah. Um, our, our guest right before you was, was Christina Acevedo. And um, she and I have been teaching cooking classes for, well, I guess we did it for over a decade, well over a decade. And one of the recipes that we always taught was the leek and potato soup that she makes that because we started making it so early on in my children's life has become my daughter's go-to comfort food. We add chickpeas into that. Okay. And I add lentils. Interesting. Yeah. So you get a little bit of protein in there and it's smooth and creamy and it doesn't really have much else. Like it's just the potatoes, the leeks, the chickpeas, um, some thyme and some Parmesan cheese or, or nutritional yeast and then the broth and that, and maybe garlic if you want it, but that's, that's it. That's all it needs. It's so simple. That's so simple and just good quality foods and simple techniques. And yeah, that's what you get. And especially when you're working with potatoes that have come straight from the earth, from your, your family's garden, you know, there's not going to be anything more nutrient dense than that. I know. Right. I feel, yeah, it's going to be a nice memory to share. Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you would like to share related to what you're doing? You're doing all kinds of amazing things. You're, I was just saying to you before we started uh, the podcast that Pumpkin Week just passed. You just did that. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I had to. Yeah. So um, tell me what's going on for you in your business right now. Yeah, I would say, I mean, if people want to know more about me, um, come hang out on social media on Instagram or on TikTok. I'm sure Barb will put my name in the show notes. That's where I hang out. That's where I share my favorite recipes and my favorite nutrition tips and what I'm working on. Um, Let's say two things coming out soon are in December. I will be having a, a January reset that is a week of nourishing anti-inflammatory 
detox supportive recipes um, to nourish your body and kind of give you that reset button from the holidays. And it's got movement and it's got journal prompts. And so that's something really beautiful that if people are looking for that will be coming out in January um, that I'm doing alongside with my company Send Bars, which is a uh, you know energy protein bar company that I started um, with fellow um, professional athlete. Her name is Sasha DeJulian. She's a professional climber, rock climber in the world. She's a complete badass. Um, so I'm doing that alongside that company. Um, we have amazing, very tasty bars, if that's something that fits into your lifestyle. Um, and then the other thing coming out in January is I always do a launch of my course, The Sugar RX. Um, it is a 30-day kind of refined sugar challenge where, as you and I talked about, I guess relating back to my food story on how much amazing power food has for wellness. And I've seen just the amazing effects of people cutting out refined sugar for just 30 days, but not in a restrictive diety sad way, but in an empowering, let's make amazing swaps and focus on how good we can feel way with great recipes um, to just empower people to make choices that make them feel the best and have more knowledge about what they're putting into their bodies so that they can make the best choices for themselves. Amazing. Yeah. You're fantastic. You're fantastic. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for hanging out with me today. I will be back any time to talk about food. You know it brings me joy. Yeah, I know. We we legitimately could talk forever about it. That's the thing. <laughs> Truly. Um, I hope this holiday season that you have the most too good time, that all your candles are lit, and that you are surrounding yourself with your family and friends and all the and your puppy and all yes. your all your cozy things. I will be. That is the season and that is the plan. And that's what just feels like it takes my nervous system and it brings it just back down to earth. That sounds wonderful. Thank you, my friend. And thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you in the new year for season two.